I will say like last year 2020 was the I told you so I never wanted to have to say like I, I never wished for our industry to go through that level of pain and last year was a year for me where I took a major financial loss I mean that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody like if, if stylists are not working they're not paying for education we anticipated that as soon as the pandemic hit I was like okay we need to shift years but what I decided to do was instead of going quiet, which I think some educators did because it's hard. It's like you don't know how to show up when people are experiencing such turmoil. It was very challenging to know what to say and how to say it. I decided to just show up from a place of service and keep talking and keep sharing. We actually shared double the free content last year than we've ever done before. And I was like, I'm just going to show up and do my best and I'll probably make some mistakes along the way. But I'm just going to keep showing up and serving from my highest place. And it wasn't until October or November that stylists were like, I never said anything, but I really needed you. And thank you for being there for me. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way, and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I really don't need to introduce this gal, but I will. And she has been on my top 100 list of with uh, great people that I need to have on this podcast. She is a marketing strategist, a business coach, and an educator just for hairstylists and salon owners. She has an amazing membership that we are going to talk more about, and she just gives everything out to the industry, and she is just a game changer, and I'm really blessed and excited to welcome Britt Siva. Thank you, Britt, for being on the show. Well, that was such an introduction. I'm honestly so thankful, grateful, and humbled. To be here and when you said i made your top 100 list it just that's a moment i probably will never forget that that just means so much to me and it's it's so it's so my pleasure that we were able to make this time today and i can't wait to dive in this is gonna be fun oh well brett i will say like when i came across your podcast man it, it's had been like what three years how when did yeah. you launch your podcast february 2018 we dropped eight episodes that was our official launch okay and what is the name of the podcast the Thriving Stylist Podcast. Thriving Stylist Podcast, yeah. And I have been listening to it every single week. And when I came across it, I was like, this girl, she just knows what is going on. And it's so, your podcast is great because it's just so relatable. It's it's information that is just so juicy that you can apply like instantaneously to your business to transform it. And I was instantly drawn to you. Back in 2016, I opened up a salon suite and had zero business 
uh, concept of what what to do and how to grow the business. And I really deferred to your expertise, like so many other hairstylists out there that are like, what do we do? <laughs> but, you know, I would really love to hear your story, Brett, of how you got into this industry, but then yet transformed yourself into a business coach. Yeah, I would love to share. I first have to ask, when did you launch your podcast? In December of 2019. Okay, so happy anniversary. And also that it just brings me so much joy because when I did launch the podcast and even when I stepped into the industry as a coach, I, I really stepped in with the hope and the mindset of, starting a revolution and i know that sounds like so massive and it is and i and i know it's a big commitment i've undertaken but i wanted i wanted more real talk in the industry and i wanted more incredible voices like yours to feel like yes i i can come on and inspire people i wanted to pave a way for like brilliant minds like yours and like mine to to show people that tangible education is readily available and you don't have to take a $10,000 program. You can dive in and listen to a podcast for 20 minutes a week and change your business. Just showing those like small incremental shifts that make a huge business or make a huge shift in your business. And so it's exciting to see you and a few others like coming up and really shifting the industry. It feels like it's all coming together and it's so exciting. Um, I, I joined the industry in 2015 as an educator after being a stylist behind the chair for a couple of years and a salon director for about eight years. And in my time there, um, we had educators come through the salon and we saw some amazing educators and also dealt with some more challenging educators and challenging programs. And for me, there was this running theme of wow, nobody's teaching really strategic business-based education in our industry. And it was funny because there, you, you know, as well as I do, there were other coaches that were like business coaches, but then you'd hear their advice and be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about either. It felt like all, everybody was struggling and we were all just trying to get by. And I had the, the random gift of, I had been trained in business sales and marketing. I had worked at the Ritz Carlton hotel company before joining the industry. So to me, business was what came, came easy. It was cutting the hair and coloring. It was incredibly challenging. And I thought, man, I have this unique skill set that comes easily to me that is so lacking in the industry. And it was one of those things, and this is what I try and remind people too. It was one of those things that came so easily to me that I took it for granted. I thought, well, this is so simple. So doesn't everybody know this stuff? But that's that's not how our greatest gifts work. It's funny, it's what's easy to you and to I, but to other people, it's a challenge. And that's that's what becomes our superpower. And I didn't realize it was such a, a need in the industry until other salon owners in our area started reaching out and say like, hey, could you coach us on the side? Is there any way you could consult with us and let us know what you're doing and how you're marketing your team and, and your, your salon culture? And I, one by one, I started taking these consulting clients to the point where I couldn't handle all the business one-on-one -on -one anymore. And so I launched Thriver Society in 2015. It was the very first ever digital course for beauty professionals. And it was a long shot. I was like, man, does it, are stylists even going to want to learn this way? We were so used to, you know, going to hair shows or bringing educators to the salon and it seemed so foreign. Um, but I knew it was time to shake it up and, and show our industry what was possible and put education at everybody's fingertips. And so for the last almost six years, Thriver Society has, has really grown as a movement and as a community that's shifting, shifting the mindset of industry professionals. And it's just been such an incredible ride ever since. Ah, I love this. You were just so inspiring. And I love, 
I love your drive. I love your motivation and and what you see can happen in our industry. We just need so many more people who are like that because they're, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. And I think that, you know, 80% of their industry need to hear what the 20% is saying um, to really change, you know, the statistics of success in in our industry. You know, I wanna I wanna kind of dissect a little bit about your experience because you were behind the chair and then you shifted into management role, which really probably gave you the platform and the opportunity to expand upon like what what is the challenges that we're facing. Uh, can you kind of like elaborate a little bit about like what you were hearing, the commonality of challenges or, you know, that's kind of where Thriver Society kind of uh, sprung from. Completely. So um, I, I very humbly say I was like the failed hairstylist. I wasn't so, I was like the worst, I still am like the worst at cutting hair ever. I'll have friends, especially during the pandemic, who are like, Britt, can you just hook us up and give us a haircut? And I'm always like, girl, I, you do not, I would do you a disservice. <laughs> cut your hair. It's not me. So, so I was not ever super talented at cutting or coloring. However, I was still able to build a clientele. And I actually learned a lot in that. And, and in that lesson, it taught me, it's not necessarily the most skilled person who finds success. It is the business-minded person. It is the marketer. It is the conversationalist. It is the excellent communicator. It is the person who um, who shows up to business business-minded. And I was never like, well, I'm just here to do six root touch-ups today. That was never my mindset because that wasn't my skill set. So I was always there. I would walk in and say, okay, I have six clients. That's six opportunities to sell retail, six opportunities to ask for referrals. And because I was looking at my business differently, it grew differently. And um, about two years into working at the salon, I'd been taking clients for a couple of years. The owner of my salon decided to go absentee. He ended up opening a beauty school. So he was going to be leaving the day-to-day operations and needed somebody to manage the entire salon in his absence. And it was very clear that I was much more talented in the business operations than in doing the hair. And I I didn't let my ego get in the way of that. So when he approached me and said, girl, let's be honest, your skills are at marketing and business, not so much at doing the hair. Would you consider leaving your clientele behind and running the salon? And it was an easy yes for me. And so I, for from 2019 to 2016, I led the salon from start to finish. I mean, hiring, firing, budgeting, training, uh, inventory, day-to-day operations, firing clients, um, employee uh, culture management, team meetings, I mean, everything. And I learned to what you said so much about what it takes to be a great leader, what inspires people, how to motivate people, the fastest way to demotivate people, um, ways to inspire people. What I noticed was a commonality was we would work with other business coaches or even my own salon owner would be like, you need, you need to get these stylists focused on making more money. And I, I knew because I had been a stylist so recently, I was like, no, you've got it all wrong. It's not for any of these people. It's not about make more money. They're here to create a really beautiful life for themselves. And when I actually stopped pushing my team to make more money, they started making it. And I just really got a chance to learn these lessons kind of in the most epic playground with the most beautiful team ever of what it really took to inspire people where people lacked confidence and what small shifts I could help people to make to see a major impact in their business. I mean, it, those are still some of the best years of my life. I always text like the stylist I worked with at the salon. We talk about being the glory days. Like we really just had so much fun 
building our careers all together. And that's, that is, it set the total foundation for Thriver Society because I learned what it took to build clientele from the ground up. That's incredible. And I think that you really took that opportunity and ran with it. And it's, it's just blossomed to something so beautiful and probably way bigger than what you ever thought it would ever be. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I tell my team that all the time. I'm like, if somebody had told me back in 2015, this is where we'd end up, I wouldn't have believed them. I mean, who would have thought? I always say like, I chose the least sexy topic in the industry. Like it sounds crazy because pe- people in our industry want to make more money and want to have more success. But when you're like, so let's talk accounting, everybody's like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. Everyone wants to learn the latest balayage technique, teach me how to take a pretty Instagram photo. And all of that is awesome, but it's not going to build your business. And so teaching what it actually takes to build a business, it's like climbing Everest, like getting people on board with like, no, you're a CEO. Like, no, you have to, you have to get this. If, If I want you to take less technique classes and more business classes, and that's where you'll find success. It's just such a radical shift in the, the thought process it's been it's been an uphill battle and so to see see so many stylists be like oh no this business thing really does work it's just been so fulfilling and, and a really exciting a really exciting journey to get here for sure I love that and I you know it wasn't really until I opened up the salon suite that I was like geeking out on business I'm yes. like obsessed with it now between like all my podcasts my coaches working with you and it's you know, it's, it's crazy how they don't teach more of that in beauty school of, you know, you really have to understand the business strategy behind how to be successful. And, um, and I just love that you're just sharing that, you know, um, and it's so cool too, that like, given, um, the opportunity that you had, all these other salon owners were like, what is she doing that we're not, you know, um, what, what did that look like that transition then? Um, that, that was interesting for me. So at first when salon owners would reach out and say, can you give us some advice? It, it, I really, it took me a good year where I was like, I guess I really didn't understand why people couldn't get what I was teaching because it just seemed so simple. And it was actually my husband who was like, Hey, I think you're onto something here. Like, as you see these requests coming in, you must see that there's a need for this. And at first when, um, these, these other salon owners actually asked my owner if they could consult with me. It was never under the table or underhanded. They always asked his permission. And then once it started, it really snowballed. But he said, he was like, you know, I don't see you consulting with other salons as a threat because he was like, what you're teaching really is the foundations of what it takes to grow business. And he was like, it's one thing to teach it. It's another thing for somebody to pick up the ball and run with it. So he was like, I'm watching you. You're going out and sharing all these foundations. And the cream will rise to the, the top. We'll see who actually takes your advice and runs with it. And it is, it's been interesting over the years to see, you know, I've, there's a lot of those salons. I don't coach them one-on-one anymore. I've shifted away from that business model. Some of them really did take those lessons that I shared with them and they're still doing amazing. And for some people, it was like, I was their crutch. They were never able to kind of apply what I taught and pick it up and, and run with them. And that's something I try and tell people too. I don't know if you hear this, but a lot of people will be like, I want to hire a social media manager. I'm like, okay, that would be cool. What would they do? And the salon owner or the stylist will be like, well, they'll just do all the social media for me. And I I just feel like decisions like that are so fragile because you're not, you're not actually solving anything in your business. You're hiring a crutch because if that person leaves, you're up a Creek. 
and you're also at the mercy of what that person does for you. You've lost your control over the messaging. And so it, it was really interesting to see who I coached that um, took the ball and run with it and how many people really struggled to step up to the plate. And that is really what makes a difference in business today is those who want to learn it and apply it versus those who just kind of want to get the idea and hope it works. And somebody like you, you're so business minded. And to what you said, I think a lot of people, when they get into business, at first it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about finances. I don't want to talk about marketing. It becomes an addiction. Like once you get in and it's fun, you really enjoy it. So it's interesting to see the people who have really taken it and run with it um, and what they've accomplished. That's been very fulfilling. Absolutely. And I think that you know, when you go from being a hairstylist into f- focusing more on business or becoming that business owner, it's, it is all about like that mindset. And I think for myself, at least it's, it's been all about like testing things out. Is this yes. working? Is, is, does this feel right? You know? And, you know, and I, uh, was telling my friend who just opened up a salon the other day. Um, she's, she's in the process of building systems and whatnot. And I was like, you know, guess what? Since you're the boss, you can change your mind tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm like, and you will, and it, you'll change it tomorrow. And two weeks down the road, it'll it's ever evolving. It's so true, a hundred percent. And I'm like, I'm always changing my mind. And and for me at least, it helps me to allow myself grace and forgiveness for not getting it perfect the first time. Otherwise, it's like analysis paralysis where we're like, ah, I don't know what to do, and uh, and then we never move forward, and we always just fall back onto our habits, right? I love that you said that. It's like that, that permission to fail. Because to what you said, like, so you mess up. So you make a bad decision. That's okay. You can just wake up tomorrow and make a different one. It's okay. But that's how the best businesses thrive, is that they're able to make enough mistakes, learn a few lessons, and then you hit the jackpot. And it's like onward and upward from there. It's so true. You know, I think that the the industry has changed quite a bit. I mean, there's always going to be like your foundational principles on uh, techniques and there's always going to be like that the principles of business right or service but I think that there's been a lot of changes in our industry since since you started coaching um wh- what has that like looked like or what has that um expanded on since first starting from managing to coaching to where you're at now it's, um, it's crazy. And I believe that the evolution continues to happen faster and faster and faster all the time. Like, um, I used to have to re-record my program about every 18 months. Now I'm going to be re-recording start to finish much more frequently. So like in 2021, we're going to blow everybody's minds. Um, but we're, we're really revolutionizing from the bottom up because we have to, because so much has changed so fast. Um, but, but in 20, so in 2015, when I launched Thriver Society, I mean, we were just getting our feet wet with social media. Like Instagram was kind of a baby and there wasn't the paid ads weren't really a thing. Live video was brand new. I mean, it was a totally different ball game. And we were coming out of the, the um, era where it was about, I say notches in your belt, but like how many, how many years you'd been behind the chair? Um, what clients you like, uh, what clients you had done in the past, how many referrals you could get. And so there were these top dog stylists who had been in the industry for 15, 20, 30 years who had just built a reputation. And then for the rest of us, it was like, well, you're gonna have to lick the floor and beg for clients for the next decade to try and get what we've accomplished. Well, that ended real quick when social media came along and it started to be about may the best marketer win, like may the best business person win. And it was such a victory for our industry because we actually got a fighting chance to be legitimate businesses for the first time ever. Like our industry was just kind of like, oh, 
the hairstylist. Like it was like this, oh, wah, wah. you decided to be a hairstylist. It was this downer. Your potential was so limited because we didn't have the same level playing field that big businesses like Google, like Yahoo, like, you know, all these big places have. Well, now we do with the inception of internet being at everybody's fingertips, social media marketing. I mean, all of the opportunity is just epic. And that's why we see stylists one year out of beauty school making twice as much as somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years. And so when I first, when I first launched Thriver Society and first started coaching, it was fairly systematic and fairly basic. And now it's like a spider web. Like it's so nuanced into what it takes and the different levels. You know, I, now I talk about the different stylist archetypes. So we have the struggling stylist, the, these, um, sacrifice stylist, the one who works too hard for the money that they make, the scaling stylist who's actually achieved the level of wealth, the sinking stylist who's totally overwhelmed and trying to find a way to coach to all four, like coach all stylists and salon owners where they're at. I mean, that's been the next, the next level for me of like, okay, if I've taught a good chunk of the industry, this, this basic foundation, where do we go from here? And that, and that's been the exciting, exciting part of the journey too. Um, and the interesting thing about being kind of at the forefront of digital education is I'm always looking for like, what has this industry not tried yet? We're still playing such an old school marketing game as stylists. So mm -hmm. whenever I'm looking to bring new content or new ideas to our industry, I never look within the industry. I always look beyond and I'm like, what are other industries doing super well that I can incorporate into here? So one of the things I'm geeking out over right now as we head into 2021 is what guest amenities look like today. So guest amenities used to be like, oh, coffee, tea, oh, champagne, wine, cookies, you know, a lot of things that some salons can't even do anymore. And what we learned coming out of the pandemic is that consumer behavior has changed dramatically, dramatically. And what clients now today see as superior service from a stylist is communication between visits. So they expect a lot between when they leave the salon to when they come into their next visit. That is now the sweet spot. So it's less about like, okay, what can I do while they're in my chair? What can I, what can I do a first guest visit? All of that is still important and great, but we've got this new sweet spot, which is what happens between when they leave my chair to when they come back in to see me. That's where the gold is happening now. And so it's been really fun to coach to like, all right, how do we, how do we make magic in this new zone? Um, and I've been really enjoying kind of playing in that arena and seeing what we can do in Thriver Society to really like level up the game right there. Oh, I love that. That is so good. I mean, be from, you know, I started out in the industry in 2002. So definitely yes. attracting business was way different. And it's so funny um, teaching my staff now on like building their books or whatnot. You know, I used to stand at in the mall and pass yeah. out my cards um, or just walk around to the grocery store, pass out my cards there. And I think a lot of the younger generation um, who ha have, they've always had technology, they just look at me like deer in headlights, like you want me to do what? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I love that you're like saying, you know, capitalizing on communication, which is how we can utilize digital marketing to our advantage. And it's 100% not tapped into in our industry. And I, I love that you're bringing that attention and awareness to our industry that we really need to grasp control of that and like use it to our advantage, use it to build our, um, our businesses and grow our team and our culture and, and communication is just key for uh, the, the owner to the team and then the team to yes. the clients. Um, so true. I love that. Can you 
can you okay so you mentioned thriver society so tell tell our listeners because i know what it's about because i'm a part of it and it is amazing um kind of go a little bit more into that to to let everybody know what that is and um how they can be a part of that well sneak peek teaser to you Thriver Society is about to reach, it's about to peak this year. Like I didn't know what the next level would look like. I see it, it's being created and it's really good. So get really excited. Um, but Thriver Society is a community first and foremost of like-minded business focused hairstylists who want to build what I call a wealthy life. So wealthy life to me is not just, I've made a lot of money. It's you make enough money to live the lifestyle you're craving while having plenty of time to enjoy with family and friends, a life filled with love and happiness and healthy relationships um, and health. So mental health, physical health, spiritual health, whatever that means to you, like truly creating a well-rounded life as a stylist. That was one of the things, you know, I selfishly say when I created Thriver Society, it's what I wish was there for me when I joined the industry. And when I joined the industry, I was, I don't know if that you relate to this. I went to beauty school so full of hope. I had a great time in school. I got to the salon. I had a dream salon to work in and I was completely dis disenchanted because I saw the stylists who were like successful and they looked ragged, like they were exhausted. <laughs> I mean, you laugh because it's true. Yeah. You know, it's true. <laughs> Double booking, triple booking. Mm -hmm. They were making money, but I was like, is that really, this is what I'm working towards? Oh yeah. my gosh. It was like staring at my future and like so disappointed with myself that I'd chosen this because I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was choosing a freedom lifestyle when I was becoming a hairstylist and this is not freedom. Like what I'm looking at, this can't possibly be what I'm shooting for. And so when you join Thriver Society, I don't want to just teach you to make a bunch of money that that is not joy or happiness to me so really creating a well-rounded lifestyle and we walk through creating what i call um, a marketing funnel and a retention funnel so looking at how to attract the right clients to your business and yes there are right and wrong clients and then retaining them and actually building a relationship and getting them to send you referrals on autopilot and and um, we've created some community events like Thriver Society Live, which is going to come in real hot in 2021. Um, but these events that are surrounded uh, sur surrounded by the concept of building business as a stylist, we bring in speakers who teach to the CEO, the CMO, the CFO, and the COO, and we seek out speakers beyond the industry. So this year's Thrivers Live, you'll see major authors and influencers that are way beyond the industry. And I bring in speakers that you wouldn't see coaching to hairstylists anywhere else. And I want to bring just mainstream business education to our industry so that we as an industry can level up. I always say like my like my daughter, I mean, I'm her mother, so you could only imagine she's 17, but she is considering being an esthetician. Like she can't imagine going to a traditional college because she sees the life that can be built going into the beauty industry. I want every kid to think that way. I want every parent to be like as fired up about their child choosing cosmetology or aesthetics as I am. And I just, I think if we can level up the industry as a whole, that is possible. And in Thriver Society, it's like a community of like-minded stylists and salon owners who believe in that same dream and want to lift each other up in, in the process. So it's digital education, community, live events, and then support and coaching um, through coaching calls and things like that. Oh, it's so good, you guys. You have to check it out for sure. And I'll make sure in the show notes to, to uh, create a link so people can um, find more information about that. You know, I, I love... Um, I love that you have been talking about seeking outside of our industry for 
ways of doing business and and what works for their industry, especially because um, now you're in California, I'm in Chicago. Um, we were shut down for two months. You California, are you we're guys presently shut down? So we've been shut down a total, I think, of eight months. Uh, statewide and there's been breaks so we'll go back for five weeks be shut down for three months go back for four weeks be sh- I mean it's been wild so we're facing a potential opening but we don't know it's I mean obviously it's you know it's extremely scary especially for a service-based business I think now more than ever you know those who have their cosmetology license we're licensed to touch people and we can't touch anybody right now and I yeah. think that it's it's very um, discouraging, but I also think though, I mean, and I always try to be positive, but I really truly believe that there's the silver lining here of of awareness now that we need to uh, step up our game and we really need to learn about marketing strategies and we need to figure out ways that it's not just about a touching service. How else can you touch them without physically touching them? And I, I love that you know, you're bringing other people into um, our industry to advise us on what we could also be doing. And I think that that's all that we can control, right? It's so true. And I will say like last year, 2020 was the I told you so I never wanted to have to say like I, I never wished for our industry to go through that level of pain. And last year was a year for me where I took a major financial loss. I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Like if if stylists are not working, they're not paying for education. We anticipated that as soon as the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, we need to shift years. But what I decided to do was instead of going quiet, which I think some educators did because it's hard. It's like, you don't know how to show up when people are experiencing such turmoil. It was very challenging to know what to say and how to say it. I decided to just show up from a place of service and keep talking and keep sharing. We actually shared double the free content last year than we've ever done before. And I was like, I'm just going to show up and do my best and I'll probably make some mistakes along the way, but I'm just going to keep showing up and serving from my highest place. And it wasn't until October or November that stylists were like, I never said anything, but I really needed you. And thank you for being there for me. And so it was, it was, it was a kind of a a bittersweet full circle moment to be like, well, I'm so glad that this works for some people. How do we get more people to want to dive into taking their business seriously? And so stepping into 2021, we're going to continue to double down on the free education and serve from our highest, because my hope is that no, no stylist is ever in the position again, where they're like, wow, being in the service industry kind of sucks. I mean, you feel at the mercy of, you know, what's going on in the world. And they felt so desperate that they considered leaving the industry. I never want stylists to be in that position again. So I walk into 2021, just trying to safe proof stylists and salon owners so that they always know there's a lifeline and that if they can be business minded, they'll always have a really solid place in the industry. A hundred percent. You know, I, when my salon shut down, you know, at first I thought, um, you know, obviously everybody was like, what's happening? How long is this going to be? And, um, I actually, at the first, to be transparent, I was like, perfect. And now I have time to dive into this education. I I seriously, my husband probably thought I was nuts because for a month straight, I, I like stayed in my office. I spent a lot of money and I started to learn and I started to coach and give back. And I was like, this is what I can control. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to just put everything I have into it. And it was, 
you know, I'll be real. It was really difficult to show up and, and try to give words of encouragement when like, you know, there was weeks where I was like falling apart mentally, you know, cause it's right. like, here is your, your business. You put everything that you have into it and for it to be like not present is like, it's difficult, you know? So I definitely, I definitely feel for um, the people in California of what they're going through. But I also know um, what I believe to be true is that if you can build it once, you can build it again. And so I think that, you know, we just together, I think that the the industry needs to unite more than ever. And I think by, you know, having, having you know, Thriver Society, having these podcasts, you know, having um, Facebook groups where we can, you know, collaborate together and talk about what's really happening and how do we just move forward? How do we just like focus on that area? You know, um, I think that's such a good point. And I don't know how it was in Chicago, but I know in California now, like you used to see the stylist down the street as your greatest enemy. You're like, Oh, she's trying to get my business. And now it's like, everybody's aligned with the mission of like, no, let's just do good hair. Like, let's just all get back in there. And to exactly what you said, it's like, it reminded us like, no, we are a community. We're not each other's competition. There's plenty of clients to go around. And in that way, it's been a really beautiful shift for the industry because we've learned to rely on each other. We have to. And so it really kind of took the air out of the room a little bit and cut a lot of the competition and tension. And you're right. We, we are here for each other and we need each other. And it was a really good reminder of that. Absolutely. And, you know, in my community, even before I opened up my salon, you know, I saw salons closing. And that always to mm. me was like, it freaked me out. You know, why are these businesses closing? The majority of the time I, w- I came to the realization that they just didn't have a solid plan in place, you know. Um, and just seeing all the, the shifting that's happening in the industry too, as far as like, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. But like, I had a few um, salon owners that you know, probably are ready to close their, their doors more so because of retirement, not, not so much of anything else, but it was kind of like awakening of, we got to figure this out. We need to really have a, a game plan. We need to know our finances. We need to really be service focused. And, um, and, and just, I think that, you know, being a part of the, the Thriver Society and, um, having, you know, communication amongst each other. I think that we really need to do things differently to set ourselves apart. I totally agree. And to, to what you said, you've probably heard me say this, like nothing good comes from comfort zones. Comfort is is really dangerous. And to what you said, there are a lot of owners who are like, okay, now is my time to leave because they are reaching that retirement age and they were just kind of cruising. Like nothing was so bad that they needed to get out, but they weren't going to put any more attention to their salon either. So it was just kind of lingering on the vine and you can't linger anymore. You're either in or you're out. And it's the driven salon owner like you who, when the industry shuts down, you're like, great, I have time to work. But, <laughs> but for a lot of people, it was like, I don't know. And and they had to throw their hands up. And I agree with you. Like, the pressure is on now. Like, th- that was 2020. We can't call it a gift. But it was that that um, awakening of, like, man, we, we really have to get a grip on this because you can't take anything for granted. You can't just get comfortable. And I, I don't know about you, but I found... I'm more comfortable 
when there's like a next level, like when I'm working towards something because it makes me feel more secure. Like that's okay if, if this plan A doesn't go so well, plan B is already cooking. And it, it does, there's a lot of comfort in that stretch versus just staying comfortable and complacent. A hundred percent. I'm always like trying to like point at the next thing. You know, yeah. I opened up my salon in 2019, September 2019. So, you know, my first year we closed. <laughs> Obviously, we reopened, so I'm like, you know what? Great. Now we can survive anything. If we sur- if we survived yeah. that, we can survive anything. And I just have a, a great network of people and a, a husband, and I think that was definitely key for myself, of like uh, persevering through that time. You know, I, as far as like you know, seeing our industry, what do you think? As far as like the trend is going to go moving forward, you know, I was having these uh, salon owners calling me. Commission salons are closing and a lot in my area, at least we saw a lot of um, very large, um, uh, reputable commission salons. The staff fled. The staff Mm. did not stay um, with a lot of these companies. And so they all started opening up suites. Um, I don't know. Are you are you in California? Are you guys seeing any type of trends like that happening? It's been in California, it's been too soon to see the shift because everything feels so unstable here that no one wants to risk making a play yet. But it'll be interesting to see how 2021 goes. Um, We saw a lot of salon closures in 2020 um, that just couldn't withstand. They had to continue paying their leases and they were not not able to take clients for months. And so a lot of salon closures. So those stylists are now um, homeless. The suites are packed. And when I say homeless, I mean, they don't have a salon to work in currently. So they'll be looking for employment when things open back up. Um, big shakeup in the market. But to what you said, it's really hard for me to predict like the what's next. You know, I understand. I totally understand stylists leaving commission salons. I've, I've seen this happen before. I think it's a cyclical change that happens in our industry. You probably know this as well as I do. I can remember being an employee in the salon and being like, oh, I could make so much more money if I went in booth rented. And then you go rent the booth and you're like, oh, this is really expensive. And so, <laughs> and so I understand I understand like the idea of, I don't like what my owner did. I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna do this myself. I mean, I'm wired that way. So I get it. I totally empathize. But I think that there's some people who are like, you've probably seen this, who are going to go into suites. They're going to be like, wow, it's harder to market myself in a suite than I thought it was going to be like, yes, I'm in full and complete control, but I don't know what I'm doing. So either those people are going to choose education and they're going to take this opportunity by the reins and they're going to roll with it. What I think is there's going to be, and I'm so excited for this. I think there's going to be a new breed of salon owner that emerges and they're, they look a lot like you and they're super driven and they're inspired and they want to create a team and they're in it for the right reasons. And they're not complacent because I don't think complacency is going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's exciting. We'll be able to see this new generation of owner and maybe some of these owners have been in the industry for 30 years, but now that the fire is burning, they're going to show up and they're going to step up because that's what it's going to take. So I think it's an exciting time for the industry. I think there's going to be a massive shakeup. I think we're going to see new booth renters. I think we're going to see new studio suite owners. I got to tell you, in California, a lot of people want to be an employee because they're like, oh, shoot, as an independent, that was very painful. And they like the idea of, you know, I'm an employer. I had to pay my employees benefits, even if we weren't making money. Like there were benefits to being an employee through 2020. And so I think we're going to see a big shift in the industry. But the big thing is going to be salon owners have to step up to the plate. 
all eyes are on you and the expectation is high, complacency is not going to work. And if you are going to choose to go independent, believe you me, I'm here cheering you on, but I want you to go in eyes wide open. It's not as easy as you think it's going to be. So make sure that you educate yourself and have support and are truly ready to, to run your booth or run your suite as a business. Cause it's not just showing up and doing hair anymore. So, so be all in, I think yeah. is my advice going into 2021. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, certain people are wired a certain way. You know, yeah. there's, um, you know, for myself, it wasn't more so about I'm going to make more money. It was more like I want to do things my way. Yeah. And I think that you, which also includes you're going to wear all the hats for a little bit. <laughs> and so I, I definitely think that, you know, if somebody's going to transition from an employee to the suite, like you got to have you got to flip the switch and have that mentality and i and i agree with you i think that people who go out and do the booth renting or salon suite and realize you know what i really don't want to do this stuff i don't like i don't really care about marketing you know i think that there's some people who are just wired who don't who really just don't care and that's okay as a commission salon owner great come join me <laughs> right right totally totally and and that's the cool thing about our industry too is i think there will always be a place for both like if you want to be fiercely independent and you want to do your own thing like there's this place for that and if you want to be in a warm and cozy salon where i've got it all figured out for you there's a place for that too and i think there'll be plenty of room for everybody but we are going to see a shakeup it'll be interesting to see where it lands yeah um in our area there's not a ton of full booth renting salons and and i really think that um stepping into 2021 even 2022 i i think that there will be a lot of blended blended oh, I love a blended model yeah love a blended model yes so good it's, why not it's like if if we're all on a mission to be successful and we all have the same values at the end of the day like can't we all just live our biggest best lives whatever that means to us under one roof like can i get an amen like that should fully be possible and with an open-minded leader like you that will be possible and that's exciting i mean that's when that this industry can really can really explode so i'm, I'm hopeful i'm with you on that definitely the uh the girl that was on your podcast that you uh, dropped today i believe she kind of had the crystal? same yeah crystal she had the same type of journey of of you know having one salon and then transforming it over to booth rent and then she obviously has her eye set on other you know new chapters in her life and i think that you know that's the cool thing i think about our industry is like it doesn't have to end here you know there's yes. there could always be a, another page that you can turn that you can do something with it you know um i know for like myself being now still a hairstylist but a salon owner and like getting into the coaching world and learning more about that uh it, it's it's incredible you know it doesn't have so to end and, and to what you said about crystal's interview I, I mentioned this on the podcast but the poignant thing to me was she said if a stylist works for me i think she said for a decade like if a, if all a stylist wants to do is work as a commission five years under me five years five years then i've hired the wrong person yeah like she desperately wants them to be driven enough to want to rent a booth or want to be an educator want to be an owner was that not just the most powerful statement? I love yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, huh, that's an interesting mindset. Because I think, too, as a salon owner, I mean, and I think that I'm a new salon owner. So a lot of uh, salon owners that have been experienced, I think that probably is, you know, stabbing the, the, the heart when, when their employee says, like, I want to open up a salon. Or I think I'd like to have a suite, you know, if 
I had uh, one of my staff t- tell me the other day that, and I said, you know what? We're, we're going to make that happen. I'm going to help you. And, you know, we just have to be on that mission of rising the tide and, and um, you know, serving each other. Ebb and flow, so I guess, agree. right? <laughs> I so agree. And what's meant to be yours always will be, and what was never meant to be will fly away anyway. And you're exactly right. If you keep showing up as a tremendous leader, only good things can come from that. And that's what we're learning. I mean, big time. Yeah. And it, it's such a learning curve to um, really learning the, the marketing aspects, learning the digital and like utilizing that as a business owner, you know, like what are you seeing right now happening for this year for us for um, social media? For business owners or booth renters or everybody? I guess for everybody. Okay, well, what's exciting in social media, (laughs) well, so this is so bittersweet. So everybody gets a little upset and a little excited when I say this. So for so long, everybody was like, oh, social media is so fake. It's so contrived. It's so photo shoots. It's so Kardashians. And now (laughs) what's exciting in social media is vulnerability. Everybody's like, Mm -hmm. let me see the real, real. Let me see. Let me see you real. And now everyone's like, oh, no, I don't want to show you me real. So it's funny. For so long, we were like, oh, it's too contrived. And now it's like, okay, well, what's exciting is people want to see who you really are. Like, take off the mask. Get down and dirty with me. Show me what's actually going on in your salon. Uh, take the filters off. Like, what am I actually going to get when I come in here? And we, the pressure is on. I, I think vulnerability, authenticity, and honesty are what is trending in 2021. And not just in our industry. In general, like, I don't know about you, but I want to do business with people who are real humans and who I can see their heart. If, if I can't see what you're about and what you're made for and your intentions, my wall is up. And so I think, uh, I mean, you'll see it on my social media. I'm showing my kids for the first time ever, which is really scary for me, but, I, but I'm trying to be more vulnerable and be more human and, and show show the authenticity and man, is it, is it paying off in spades? Like I feel so much more connected. People are more open to me. I'm learning so much. And so when showing up on social media, like I want to see what's going on in your salon on the day to day. I don't just want to see perfect color, 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 a, a photo shoot photo of yourself. Like let's get into it. And it doesn't mean let it get sloppy. There's a difference. I call it like a personal with a professional twist. It should still look very clean and very branded, but not so contrived. And so we're seeing this big push to like, show me the real real on social media. And I'm, I'm so here for it. It's exciting. Yeah. The reels I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> I can't dance to save my life. So <laughs> reels are really hard for me. But we're getting there. We're getting there. And I, I love that you're saying this too, because I think that it is so much pressure, pressure trying to like aesthetically get everything yes. looking perfect. And it's just like, it's just not real. <laughs> no. And so and we, if we all can... see right through it. We know it's not actually achievable. Yeah. I, so it's exciting. Yeah. I love that. What do you think about marketing for salon owners? So I'm, I'm just a touch of the old school. And I really think that the world is noisy. 2020 was an exceptionally noisy year. Um, I, for one, I noticed that if I spent too much time on social media or too much time watching the news, it would really mess with my mindset. And so a lot of us retreated a little bit. And that's not to say I don't check my social media every day, but you know me because you're in Thriver Society. I'm a huge fan of physical mailers. I'm a huge fan of connecting with other local small businesses in your area. 
I'm just a huge fan of like being a human being. And that's something that we've really forgotten how to do in the last like five, six, seven years, because we're like, oh, DM it. Oh, text it. Oh, do an Instagram post. And it's like, if, if we can get actually back to some of the old school marketing, that is a gap. And there is like, how do you feel getting a card in the, in your mailbox versus, you know, seeing a photo on Instagram? Like if somebody takes the time out of their day and puts 44 cent stamp on a card and sends it to you, it's worth its weight in gold. And I think that for salon owners, for stylists, we're going to see a huge shift into leaning into community, going back to more traditional marketing. And I'm not saying throw social media away, like it's still incredibly important, but getting back to like human connection, having conversations, not taking people for granted. And uh, it won't be about the flashbang of social media anymore. It's like, it's really coming back to like human to human interaction, which I'm so fired up for. I think it's going to be good. And I love that you're saying that because it's been such a long time since we've had like face-to-face communication and relationship building with each other that it's like, everyone's just like, I can't wait to hug you, you know, and I'm a hugger too. So it's like... Come on. <laughs> and for my area, at least, we we have a chamber. We do a lot of networking events. And it's just been on pause. And it's, you know, I that has been instrumental for me. And I think that you've talked a lot about this um, since I've been listening to you and, and, and being a part of the uh, Thriver Society and how instrumental it's been growing my business and having those community uh, members at my salon Um, other business owners at my salon, people just supporting. And especially like when we were shut down, so many people came out of the the woods to say, how are you doing? Can I help you? And it was just like, you know, like it was because we built that relationship and that bond with each other. And it was, it was through, you know, the, the network, the, the chamber that helped that. So I totally agree with you that having those relationships moving forward is just going to be that that's going to be a game changer. Mm, totally agree. I think it's going to be more beneficial to have like 10 solid local relationships than it is to have 10,000 Instagram followers. Like, I just think we're going to see this really exciting shift of like micro, micro influence, micro connection, micro referrals, like social media is still important. It always will be, but consumers want, like you said, they just want like a hug, like let's get back to being good humans. And that's, that's the money shot right now. I think for sure. It's hard not to get uh, distracted by the vanity numbers. And, um, of course everybody gets that instant, like when somebody likes their photo, it just, you feel good. You feel like, Oh, they're, they're looking, (laughs) they're watching me, but you can't put all your eggs in one basket, you know? And it's so true. mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, like you, you probably know too, like I know more stylists with 500 followers who are making a killing. And I know salons with 30,000 followers who are drowning. And so it's it's really not about the follower. Like a salon with 30,000 followers, they can't even serve 30,000 clients. So you know it's an artificial inflation. It's actually impossible. And if we can get down to like, okay, I only have 50 followers. How do I make those 50 people loyal to my brand? How do I love on them in a way that somebody with 50,000 can't do? Oh man, if we can get our mindset around that, that's, that's, that's where magic really, really happens. And that's where we're circling back to. And it's it's exciting and I think it's attainable for like stylists or salons who are like just really starting to grow. Like, man, just make the most of what you've got because you can find success in whatever it is you've already got right now for sure. A hundred percent. And I love that you say that, like focus on what we have, focus yeah. on what we can control. And I think that it will work itself out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
we got to wrap up and I, I really want to know, like, where does this motivation come from? Where, where does this desire to make big moves and change in our industry? Mm, I mean, how much time do we have? How deep do we want to go? Um, I, I was asked this by my business coach about four years ago. And we kind of took like a trip back in time to like figure out like where our drive comes from and why we do what we do. Like, what is your why? And um, I realized that because of the upbringing I went through, you know, mostly as a teenager, to be honest, but even in my young adulthood, I had this really strong desire to be self-made and to never have to rely on anybody else. I was like, I never want to rely on a man. I never want to rely on my parents. I never want to rely on a boss. I want to be in the driver's seat. And I can go back to trigger points and like where that was wired in. But my business coach about four or five years ago was like, I want you to write on word, on this piece of paper one word that best describes why you do what you do. And my word was self-made. And for me, it's I want to be self-made. I want to be in the driver's seat of my life and I want to allow that opportunity for everybody else who comes into my world like I just so badly want every man and every woman who speaks to me to know that they are here to be amazing and that they can achieve anything that they want and that they are in the full driver's seat of their life and I'm here to just cheer you on all the way like with my full heart and everything that I have, um, I'm happy to be your biggest cheerleader and fan. And it, I mean, nothing makes me happier than getting a DM from somebody who's like, I made an extra 10 grand last year because of you, or um, I'm finally happy in my relationship because like, it's just wild the impact that my coaching has had and to see other people achieve, you know, self-made or to find their joy. It, it's just such a rush. I'm addicted to that feeling. And um, that's why I do what I do. I love it. I love that. That definitely would uh, fuel my fire too. I love that. You're just so beautiful inside and out. This has been so amazing that you are on the podcast today. Um, I just thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the industry. And I love everything that you're putting out. Um, where can our listeners find more about you? Well, I first want to echo that right back. Beautiful inside and out. It's been such a joy today. Um, so I'm found Brit Siva pretty much everywhere. So B-R-I-T-T-S-E-V-A on Instagram, Facebook, BritSiva.com. And you can also um, check out the Thriving Stylist podcast wherever your podcasts are listened to. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. If you love to keep track of your favorite shows, then subscribe to this podcast to receive the newest edition when it's released. This podcast was created with you in mind, so I'd love to get your review to learn how this podcast has helped you in your career. And because I love my listeners and want to connect more, join me in our free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash salon and suite business. My mission is to help beauty professionals like you create a career that supports the life you want to live. Thank you for being a part of the journey. Mm -hmm.